Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hustling Sideways podcast, episode seven. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a music writer over here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And my name is Jim Love, and I'm a motivational and keynote speaker based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it's episode seven, Yes, which is what you just said. I'm just repeating it with gusto, but um, That's fine. we've made it, and if you're here and listening, that means you've made it too, which... It deserves applause, yeah, or at least I think a cookie so. or something. Like this is where we we're, we're supposed to edit in applause afterwards, and we just did. Right, we yeah, the, yeah, yeah the funds ran low, but um, but here we are. We're thankful to be here. Uh, thankful you're j- joining this journey. That was a lot of J's with us, and yes. uh, and excited to uh, to see what we have in store today because it's going to be awesome. Yes. I'm, I'm biased, but it's I I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So joining us today on the podcast, we have Andy Nelson, uh, who is uh, a applause f- button. Yes, applause button once again. Also that button. <laughs> uh, PR professional here in Milwaukee, and um, you've had a number of different gigs, but now you are yeah. doing your own thing so mm-hmm. uh if you can uh, welcome welcome andy <laughs> everyone welcome andy me. yes happy and, to have you. Uh, if you can briefly kind of <laughs> explain what you do as a pr professional with your own agency now yeah yeah so it's been something i've been wanting to do for years but yeah i'm a pr slash marketing slash development consultant and uh develop strategy for for clients mostly in so far it's been in the nonprofit space but also for some some artists and and uh, and other entrepreneurs. So um, yeah, I love what I what I do, building strategy for people, and also um, working on uh, publicity and just bringing overall like awareness to different projects or people or ideas or whatever it is. Yeah, and so I know Andy. He actually got me my start. Kind of over uh, when breaking and entering was in its You're infancy. Welcome. I was going to say this uh, is like an usher a, Justin Bieber kind of situation here. This is I've nice. been waiting ten years. For yes, this, thanks. Um, <laughs> and so it's here. Yeah. Um, so we were looking for contacts, and I think Andy might have reached out to me and seen what breaking and entering was doing, yeah. and yeah. got us a meeting with Paps Theater Group to basically have us cover their their concerts and things like that. Um, and, and have that relationship formed. So thank you for realizing that what we were doing is legit because yes. it helped well, us out a tremendous amount for sure. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like I grew up here and so like I grew up in where there wasn't much of a music scene here in Milwaukee. Like I grew up, I don't know about you guys, but I went down to Chicago quite a bit or, or over to Madison to see shows. Mm-hmm. And so like. I went to go work at the Paps just because I was a fan of like what was happening there. Yeah. And and what was just happening in the city at the same time because I think there wasn't much of a like industry built around it. There is there and especially was 10 years ago not a lot of people covering it. So yeah. like mm-hmm. when I saw people like yourself that were doing like a really good job and good writing and also I think was really important is that I, you were actually going to the shows. You were actually <laughs> yes. part of the scene. That's huge. And that to me uh, was huge because like you have different um, writers in different cities that uh, whatever level they're at aren't really connected to the scene in, our, in an organic, authentic way. Yeah. And that just, that was exciting to me to see you doing that. And so, yeah, of course we wanted to work with you. That's a yeah. way to get yourself discovered, right, is by by doing something passionate and being authentic about it. Is, yeah. Is, I, I mean, that's a really cool dot to connect. Because I feel like we've heard that type of message often 
and it's cool to hear it right away. Like, like, you know, that you were doing it in a way that was true to you and, and that worked and you were there and you were living it. So I think that that's, that's great. That's a really cool way to meet. Well, thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you. All the, this applause. is a, yeah, Alan. Came back to me. Yeah. No, um, but Alan's enough face about, is blushing so hard, no, but enough again. about me. Um, Andy, let's talk about kind of your history prior to, uh, starting your own thing. Um, yeah. Where was your first kind of introduction to PR? I, I know that, you know, you had various, various gigs before that. Um, yep. We could go back as far as you've said on Facebook before you were a member of the uh, the Hoop Troop for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Dude. Okay. I tried out for that. You bet I was. And, and, I, and, I, and, and I made God, the team, really? but, I, but, I, but I couldn't commit to it because I had a full-time job. But, <laughs> but I love the Hoop Troop. So carry on. I just needed to yes. interject that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I That was... I that's so funny I that this is coming up I literally was talking about that job I think last night over dinner okay. that that still was my favorite job even even working 10 years in the music business that still was my favorite job because I'm a huge basketball fan mm-hmm. so that was just going out um I'm I love the stage I love like entertaining people and connecting with people so like that was such a huge awesome job and getting to meet uh, someone just reached out and like hey can you share that picture that you have with Shaq with me because it's hilarious so I did that yesterday too wow a lot of hoop troop talk in the last 20 yeah yeah yeah, weird. yeah this is a nice <laughs> little plug for them yeah. but 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 yeah I, you asked like where I originally thought of 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 PR I always go way way back actually to like what really inspired to me and why I think like why the heck I would even be interested in this kind of life and this type of work because mm-hmm. uh, why do we why any of us do anything mm-hmm. right and i think for for me my idols when i was a kid were mr rogers uh lavar burton okay peewee herman <laughs> bill nye the science guy and i think the common thread for all, they were all communicators and there mm-hmm. were people that i was you know sitting down and seeing on tv and I just love what they did. I love that they were, they seemed to be, to me at a young age, like breaking through this wall and like genuinely connecting with me as a kid mm-hmm. and 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 showing me a different side to something that maybe I hadn't thought about it before. And I just love that. Those were like my heroes as a kid. Yeah. And so I think as I grew up and then like even in high school and in college, like I was always heading up different student organizations or taking different public speaking opportunities. And it was just this real genuine feeling in my heart and soul and in my mind of wanting to just connect with people in a really genuine way. Right. And sometimes that involves promoting stuff mm-hmm. that or hyping stuff up that people didn't know about that I think that they should. Yeah. So that's that's very that's very much in me. Okay. I can I can honestly say I remember I mean you think about like watching kids shows like that growing up mm-hmm. there's always commercials built in like you said they're always hyping stuff up but then you would always watch like the toy commercials in between and like I have a little bit of a marketing background not necessarily like the thing I'm most proud of but I um I always remember like the toy commercials and being like how cool would it be to be like the person that like makes those yes so I mean I would assume you get a little bit of that too like not only watching the show but like I'm glad you brought that up I actually yeah there was um uh 
speaking specifically to that, I always remember there was this Dodge Neon commercial. Okay. That I don't know if anyone listening or you guys remember those Dodge Neon commercials, but they they just they were different. They were like it was like similar to like uh, maybe like an Apple commercial today or something. It was just yeah. different and quirky and weird. Mm-hmm. And I loved it as a kid. And I remember even like going. I was in grade school. And like I remember, like drawing out my own ad and like thinking that it was cool to do that. Because yeah. and I think there was just like part of the creative process, and again, just like something that gets at connecting with people and entertaining people. Yeah, yeah. I remember the one commercial I had when thinking back was in 1997. Jenny Craig, if you remember Jenny Craig, yes. Else. But there was yes. a commercial that was very catchy, and it was one eight hundred ninety seven Jenny. But it was one eight hundred ninety seven Jenny, and like that was like the one. Every time that came on, I literally turned the TV up when I was like seven <laughs> years old, kid. and I was like, "I'm gonna turn up to this, <laughs> this commercial." That was your introduction that, to music. Yes, that, that was, was how Jenny I got Craig into it, music. and that jingle to this day I could like yeah. hear Jenny Craig, and that, so um, you know, but but you know, regardless, that that connection I think is really important, and and um feeling that through a TV screen yeah. in, in the way that those, you know, guys and gals presented themselves uh, clearly, you know, stuck with you, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that really like fast forward to myself as an adult, like I mentioned, I was like heading up these different student orgs and stuff like that, which, you know, involved um, like I was headed up like Whisperg at the UW-Milwaukee campus and headed up my own uh, Darfur Action Coalition and all of them we needed to do press conferences okay. or we needed to do mm-hmm. publicity stunts to like get awareness yeah. or, or develop uh, media contacts mm-hmm. or where are we going to flyer in the city? Yeah. And so I sort of, that's sort of where it started forming as like a job. Okay. And then I also, uh, obviously, as you know, uh, I'm a huge music fan. Yep. And so while I was in college, um, I remember going to, uh, it was out of outside of Beans and Barley, and the Pap Theater Group was doing some show outs or some like it was like a sh- it was this sh- tiny little outdoor show before the show that night. It was it was uh, Perry Farrell. Yep, from uh, Jane's Addiction. Yes, yeah, and it was and I think I like just stumbled upon it living around like on the east side over there. Yeah. And, um, and then I, I met like whoever was like heading up their street team and she's like, you should come in for an interview and, and potentially work for someone like, Oh my God. And get to go to concerts for free. Let's go. Holy crap. It's a dream. Um, and so that's, that's how that started. And then I, that was in 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had just, the Paps did a group, um, had Paps in the Riverside and they had just taken on Turner Hall Ballroom. Okay. Turner Hall Ballroom like wasn't even a thing yet. Yep. And, um, and then I came on and then very quickly in a year was heading up that street team and then started doing like private events for them and even booking some shows. Um, and then like a two or three years in, their PR director, uh, Ryan Madison, who a lot of people know in, in this town, he had a, a very influential blog at the time called Muzzle of Bees and booked some shows and stuff too. He's now in Austin and representing some artists. Okay. Um, Black Pumas, he actually represents. Oh, yep. nice. Yeah. Um, and he was the former PR director. So he left, and I was helping him out um, at the Pep Theater Group. And so then they offered me the gig, at, like, you know, just two or three years working in there. Right. Awesome. Um, and then the rest is kind of history. I was like, I've just been doing PR and marketing ever since. So really- was the Pep Theater Group then, like, the first, like, formal, like, okay, this is really a job? 
Like I'm really getting paid to like <laughs> promote things like. Oh, a hundred percent. Before that it was hoop troop. Before yeah, that it was, yeah. I'm working at hot topic. Um, okay. Uh, what other jobs did I have? Oh, yeah, hot topic at a restaurant. Yeah, place. I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> that's the mall. I love. That also got concert great. tickets and concert tees for free. So oh, that was sweet. a great place okay. to work. But did uh, you ever have to get the like? You, so I'm trying to envision you wearing the like giant Jenko <laughs> jeans, and like it was it was a rainbow full of people. A lot of those yes. people I'm still friends with today. That's so um, cool. It was uh, like I grew up in Maquanago, which was uh, like very uh, with all respect. to Due to McQuanago, pretty stale community. Yeah, yeah. so like it's, you know, we're gonna nice safe place. Our, our McQuanago yes. listeners are gonna be <laughs> very offended by it. Yeah, I mean, my parents are still yeah. wonderful people. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of them are great. It's a nice little area. All very fond of them. Um, but but yeah, like getting to work at Hot Topic and even getting to work for the Bucks too. It's just mm-hmm. like getting to, to meet all these different like wonderful people um and that's and then i've and, and going to you know i've been walking getting to work for these different places and especially while i was working with paps mm-hmm. i just fell in love with the city and and that's become very much part of what i do even to this day everything i do is about milwaukee yeah, um, yeah. and i think you've experienced so much of like just like all these experiences you've got before you know where you're at now like it was in a lot of different areas as i sorry i just slapped your microphone but it was in a lot of different <laughs> areas and and um, you know, hot topic, and and uh, you know, I mean, all these different parts yeah. that that really led up to you finding yeah. your next thing and, and being in the right place at the right time, and and I think it's really cool. I mean, just like to stumble upon this like concert, and then all of a sudden that leads to the next thing. Yeah, just so so it's like sticking with what you want to do and, and continue to show up to those things, and then find out what's going to happen from there, and and all those experiences totally. line up to to be the next thing. Yeah, it is. It's being. It's yeah. A lot of it is luck being in the right. Mm-hmm. Place at the right time. Um, another part of timing, like for people listening to this podcast, like if you're in high school or in college, like you have no idea. Like 15 years ago, <laughs> like we were talking before the podcast started, of like there wasn't much going on right here in Milwaukee in terms of touring concerts coming mm-hmm. through. Like of course, we were Milwaukee. the skipped. Place. Yeah, 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 of course. Oh in no, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And there's. You know, there there were there were scenes that are like I've learned about since you know um, that I wasn't totally a part of that were really exciting, like mm-hmm. in the eighties and stuff like that. But like there, at least when I was going to high school, you know, in the early two thousands, there wasn't much going on, and I was going to Chicago or Madison to see stuff. So, but then all of a sudden, I remember um, uh, Bright Eyes came through. This was two thousand four through two thousand five, I think, hmm. and stopped at the Paps Theater, and I was like. He's playing the Paps Theater, like, right? Where the Christmas Carol is, like what? Yeah, that is um, wild. I mean, that's like that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah really cool. especially at the time. Yeah, he was like the coolest artist <laughs> in 2005. So like, that was that was amazing. And then I'm seeing this guy that's like um, definitely on drugs and and, and <laughs> half drunk, um, thrashing around on stage in this like beautiful, beautiful historical theater, and I fell in love with it. <laughs> the dichotomy of that is just amazing. Totally. Yeah, and, and that's cool. And so I got to be getting to work there two years later was like getting to work at a startup. Like it was, it was Mm -hmm. a concert venue, but I think what people don't understand, even people that live here and go to the Paps or Riverside or turn don't really totally understand is how unique that entertainment group, even, even to this day, there's really not much like it in the entire country. Like there are, when you go to, you know, Chicago, there's different entertainment groups, um, or go to Seattle, there's something a little bit similar. 
But to have something, when you just think of like the rave, it's like one building. Yeah. And they have, I don't know, 50, 75 events per year. Yeah. The Pabst Theater Group has three venues, does multiple, I mean, obviously during a non-pandemic time, uh, multiple festivals, promotes other stuff at like Summerfest venues, and has like 600 events in yeah. a year. Wow. And there's yeah. just nothing like that in the country. Like you usually have like one or two venues and you do about 50 shows a year. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that happened gradually. When I started there, it was two venues, then became three. Then they took on Backroom Collectivo. They started doing other festivals. So it was really only like two venues and 100 events when I first started there. Yeah. So getting to be part of that growth, um, you just wore so many hats. Like mm-hmm. I said, I like, oh, yeah. I was booking shows and, you know, stacking up chairs and putting on <laughs> cocktail tables at the turn and going around the city and flyering. And I think it just, it gave me a whole like sense too of like putting on events and what's, what it means to be a, a, a part of a team. And yeah. that's a holistic experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's important. I think that is probably a major part, you know, you can also appreciate the amount of work everyone else has. So, you know, not everyone has that where they have to, okay, I got to do 12 things a day. It's like, I got to focus on my one. That guy will figure his stuff out. Totally. Like you, you had you had an appreciation for everything, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and it was getting to be around these minds. Too. Yeah, like, where like you learned it, so much. Yeah, like being at the. I mean, I know I'm 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 biased, and I'm I'm probably you know I'm a hype man at heart, so I got to be careful of not going too far. <laughs> but like, but um, but to me, it was like you know a much smaller version of like Milwaukee's version of like I don't know if. If you lived somewhere else and got to work at like Google in the early days or something, right. like I'm working with Mark Solheim, who like if there was coming somebody through Milwaukee, he probably booked it, and he's you know still works at the Pap City Group. Like I idolized him. That was going to the Globe. Like those were all the cool yep. shows coming through, and that's where all my friends played. And all of a sudden, I'm he's literally we our desks were right next to each other for like ten <laughs> years, and like and he's as amazing as he is. He, I mean, he would be around and sweeping up and cleaning up and um and then getting to work with gary witt and matt berenger who are they're like, still there as well yeah yeah and incredible nationwide for um really bringing all this concert business through milwaukee and what that all meant so yeah just getting to be a part of that from a business perspective whatever i went on to do that is that was my uh that's sort of what I was like birthed in, like mm-hmm. grew through that. And that's like, what was my school was like really going through that. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that from everybody that we've talked to that the kind of common theme is that one, all of the, like, you know, everything you've done leading up to the decision to like create your own business, mm-hmm. you know, has always kind of been rooted in like the things you absorb from your other mm-hmm. jobs and it's all never things that you're like trying to learn. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so you're not, you were around all those people and you were never probably like taking notes. Like, okay, here's how I'm supposed to, yeah, you're like internalizing. here's what I'm supposed to do to promote a show, you know, check X, Y, Z off. It's just kind of like you see it and you get to absorb it a little bit. And then that leads into like, you know, where, you, you know, when you have your own business, then all of a sudden like, to promote something you're like oh yeah that's right and i think i do this uh, just like i did at paps theater exactly I do this just like i did wherever you and know? the combo of of how you feel you know through it i think we kind of like you know you like the, the feelings you've had 
in, in the experiences that you had. Like that's you, you're, you're chasing that feeling yeah. and you know, like you love promoting it you love, you know, and then yeah. you're a hype man, which I think is awesome. Like, and I think both of those, like having the experiences and the feeling you have going through it sort of equates to this next step of like, okay, I'm really going to make this passion a real thing. And yeah. anyone listening that, that is, um, you know, earlier in their, earlier in their career, I was just talking to one of my best friends about this the other day. Um, and he was talking about like what career advice he would give to someone. And his like number one thing is just putting yourself in a good environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. and I think when I talk to people that are either in college or I'm speaking at something and I'm talking with people after, um, they're thinking of a hundred different things. But I think that might be the most important thing of just putting yourself in an environment. You know, it's like, I don't know, I'm a huge sports fan too. It's mm-hmm. like, just use a sports analogy. It's like you want to get drafted by a good team so you can <laughs> exactly. learn, yeah. learn good habits and, and and learn how to do things the right way. And so, you know, I've, I went on to do a lot of different things post-PAPS, but I'm so grateful that that's sort of where how I learned how to do my work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, you did have a stint with MPS as well, where you were the the spokesperson for. Um, but now you're you're into your own agency. Yeah. Um, was there ever any inklings before that of being like, hey, I could like while you're at Paps, where you're saying, hey, maybe I could just kind of go do this on my own. Was that ever a thought that kind of like processed, or like when did you kind of get that idea yeah. of like when that popped up? Yeah, yeah. When am I? You know, could I could I go make a run of it myself, kind of thing. Yeah, it kind of can't. It did definitely start while I was at the PAPS because I think, um, you know, and this is thanks to Gary Witt, who's still at the PAPS. Um, You know, he is a guy, a city leader that's really passionate about what's going on in the city and likes to get his hands involved and and speak out. Um, We need more city leaders like him that'll Mm -hmm. speak up and speak truth to power. But um, so I was there as their spokesperson. And, and as their PR guy, so he would often lease me out, like me and our art director to like other initiatives, you know, okay. so I was That's helping cool. a lot uh, with Maddox, who's our local animal control, yeah. um, because they get a lot of bad press in the city, but they, the truth is that they do like the Lord's work in the yeah. city and they take the <laughs> toughest cases and really do the greatest work for our animals. And, um, and, and so... Um, would help them out. We helped out River West Food Pantry uh, quite a bit, and and a lot of others. Like any any like city initiative, we were right across the street from City Hall, yep. so there was just a lot of things that we got involved in, and um, and so that got me. You know, I'm a a guy that wears my heart on my sleeve. I like to. I think different PR people approach the work differently. Like. I'm never going to go and work for something I'm not that I don't necessarily care about. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, so that really got me going for, you know, wanting to be part of things that were, you know, bigger than myself and really made the city a better place for yeah. everyone. Um, that, that's what really led me to MPS. Um, it was actually through helping out the MPS foundation while I was still at the PAPS and helping them re relaunch okay which is actually one of my clients today yeah and this was like six years ago um but it was you know recognizing what milwaukee is uh which is a majority minority city and then there's so much inequities in our city yeah 
but I don't want to look at it in a negative light. There's just so much opportunity in the city to exactly. make the city a better place for mm-hmm. all. And, um, and so I just want to do my part to do that. And so that was, as I've gone on to do my own thing, it was something while I was at the Pabst at MPS, I literally have had like notes in my phone constantly. Like when I start my own agency, when I start my own thing, that's been something I've been having for years. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just something I've always wanted to do. I, I love, I want to comment on the notes in your phone. I, cause I think that's like when, when, when things pop in your head and like, you're going to forget it, you know, 10 minutes yep. later, I do the same exact thing. If I think of like a quote or something like, okay, if I want to write something new or like what are high schoolers going through right now? I, I have a, like a running list of just topics and, and things. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's actually like, like as trivial as it sounds like a good piece of advice, like open it up and like start, start writing. Like the, the you know, the worst you can do is do nothing. Like, so just like, yeah. write a topic down. If it comes to your mind, start it. And it clearly worked out. And <laughs> it's something you've been practicing for a long time. A hundred percent. Like I, I have what I, this particular note that's like, yeah, it's like five, six years old. It's just called my communications Bible. Awesome. And so, I mean, that's obviously what I do. And so mm-hmm. anything, anything can bring me inspiration. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's something that, um, you know, maybe I saw on LinkedIn and is very specific about some marketing tactic, mm-hmm. but it's also when I'm listening to like Frank Ocean's Blonde and I get really <laughs> inspired by something and I'm like, oh, the way that he talked about that, that's like really beautiful writing. And I'm going to write that down because that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's, or it could be something that I see out in nature or something like that. Yeah, that's right. such a cool tool. So yeah. I, I, I love you know, writing those things down as inspiration, whatever your craft is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be um, for anything. Exactly. Yeah, of just taking note of those. And those are things that I, I constantly, now that I'm, I think when you're in a regular job, um, there, you're just always on, um, just constantly going 100 miles per hour. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard for you to really step back and and look at your job objectively and really think deeper. And so now that I'm doing my own thing, there's so much more time for that. And I feel like the work that I'm doing for clients is so much better. And I'm on, it's like for the first time in my life, I'm really using that communications Bible and totally. bringing out a lot of these tools and things like that that have inspired me over the years. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about the clients that you get now because you 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 know you've been saying you have clients that are bigger initiatives within the city. Um, do you get to be selective a little bit or is it, you know, because it's your own thing, can you say like, oh, I'm not going to work for X, Y, Z, or do you feel more obligated to do things that you connect with a little bit more? It's a really good question. Great question, Alan. Because <laughs> I think, I think the day that I really, you know, in terms of this becoming not just a side hustle but even more of like really mm-hmm. dedicating myself that this is going to be the thing um because it's been you know me doing different projects was a side hustle i think throughout my career but now this is what i do full-time mm-hmm. it became this full-time thing yeah and i think the day it became that was when i turned down my first thing okay because Always. because the reason why I've chosen this life is because, and I didn't know this, and I've been taking notes for years, like I was saying, I didn't know. The reason I've chosen this life is because it brings me freedom and flexibility to be the human being I want to be 
not just professional, not just pie in the sky. I want to do this, but like when my brother had my you know brother was going through a difficult time and he reached out and I could go grab lunch with him. I would, for 10, 15 years, I've always been the too busy brother, too busy son, too busy friend. Yeah. Now I'm very busy, mm-hmm. but it's a flexible kind of busy. So I love that with the work that I do, and that's a passion. That's it, like such a yes. difference. That is such a like. That's why I think that's like what you just said is what makes it from from a job to you know or a career to a to a passion that you happen to be doing for your work. Totally, that's, yeah, that's right. That's right there. And 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 so I yeah, and I remember it was it was it was uh, it was it was a friend. It was you know um, someone that I you know sort of knew like through different scenes and stuff like that that had reached out to do work and and we and we met. And um, I just didn't like the vibe was, in the yeah, conversation. It didn't feel right. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this is going to be a huge headache. This is going to take a lot of my life up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a ton of anxiety about it. Yeah. And it's not worth it. And I want to do this, but I'm going to say no. And I and I and that was I didn't know in the moment, but I'm like, man, that was this is real. That's if huge. I, yeah. I, now I am taking uh, agency in this you yeah. know so it was yeah. a big moment that autonomy is really yes i mean that's that's a factor in like not only that but like i mean you just touched on like kind of the mental health part of that too that you knew yeah. what was going to make you happier versus you know just having the work which which is again like a really critical part of of, of turning that into like i'm going to be passionate about this i know i'm not going to want to go you know put myself up to doing something like that so that's uh i think that's a, that's such an important yeah. distinction too i yeah i i totally i'm i'm happy that you highlighted the mental health part because i feel like you know we're obviously coming out of this pandemic mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel um, but obviously this last year has it's it is the understatement of the century to say that it's been difficult for a lot of people um, but the silver lining, at least in my life, has been a, a mental health silver lining mm-hmm. to where, you know, I mentioned that, like, I was the guy that was always too busy as a son, as a brother, as a friend. Right. I was that guy. And my friends knew it. My parents knew it. My whole family knew it. Uh, my fiance, soon to be wife, knew it. And I feel like for the first time in the last year, uh, not coincidentally, I also started meditating every day. I am so much more present, mm-hmm. and 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 that has made me again the the human being that I want to be. But also, oh by the way, I feel like I'm doing the best professional work totally of my those life. two things equate. I mean, completely. Yes. Yeah, That's and a- there's nothing that you know you can still take that that mentality of like always going, always being busy. There's nothing that is saying, you know, if you take a, a minute to slow down and, and that that drive is not going to, you know, right. it's not going to diminish because of that. If anything, it gets it gets bigger. It's more focused. Right. Because, yeah. yeah, you can you can sort of tune out the, the distractions and then, OK, what's important? I prioritize this. That's my passion. And I'm going to go for it full throttle. And also recognize yeah. I think your emotional IQ is off the charts. I mean, I think you knew you knew who you were and what you wanted to be. And found all these experiences and wrote it all down to then make your passion your thing. And it's what you do now, which I yeah. think is like a really kind of, you know, that's a cool closed circle almost in a way. And I still, and I, this is for, for, for everyone, I'm sure. But I also still like, I'm, I literally was just thinking about this a couple of days ago. Of like, I'm still, I feel like I'm, I haven't even really begun yet. Yeah, totally. Right. Like yes. there's so much more to do. Yeah. There's this, you know, side hustles have been like, 
you know, have been something I've been doing for years and helping out with different people projects or even uh, managing bands and stuff for a while. But um, but now that it is totally my thing uh, and this is what is has to pay the bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything's riding on this. Um, it, it is, it's, it is a constant evolution. I've been doing this full time for about a year now, almost a year. And, um, I still like, I haven't even really begun yet. Like I've been, I've been so fortunate and feel really lucky that I have been able to pay the bills in the mm-hmm. last year, especially during a pandemic. Um, but, uh, I still feel like I'm just like scratching at the surface of like what this thing is even going to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, I really like that. And I'm, I think, you know, one thing too, that regardless of where you've been, you always have had like a, a brand about you to some extent from what I've seen, <laughs> like your personality, like comes out in, in, you know, from the limited amount of media yeah. stuff that I saw mm-hmm. you do. You and Andy's wearing you, a speedo right now, which is the brand. So yeah, that, that is. That's, that's, that's strong, you can't, you can't see that, but brand. that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very apparent brand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but from the like the media stuff that I, I had seen you do prior to this, and then once you made the the announcement that you had your own you know yeah. business and your own brand, I think that it that all ties together too. Like you know, and that that links up with turning something down that you knew was gonna you know stress yeah. you out. And yep. so, has there ever have you ever felt like that? Like there's been pressure to have your own brand, or has it just kind of been like who you are? You know what I mean? And kind it's... of it, through your work. That's another really good question. <laughs> Applause because, button. <laughs> because I, I prior when when this was um, a side hustle before it became full time for me, and I was taking those notes on my phone all the time. I always imagined it as uh, a, a fully realized brand that mm-hmm. it wasn't Andy Nelson. Right. It was a fully realized brand and that also meant that i had like a, a team under me mm-hmm. as well yeah. when i actually began and i that this i'm creating this um i think two things happened one i was like i felt pressure for sure right away that i needed to have a brand but i realized that was stopping me from actually getting out and doing the work mm-hmm and so I want, and I'm so glad that that happened because I wanted to, like, it helped me get in the process. And over the last year, it's helped me. There's been so many different surprises that I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is sort of what the community is expecting from me. This mm. is what sort of the community is needing. This is what clients are interested in or not interested in. Right. Um, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I don't enjoy doing. So I, I still. And I feel a little, at least in my lane of work, which is you know PR and marketing, unless you're like a large agency, a lot of the people that do like the consulting I do, it is just their name. Mm-hmm. I still very feel like there's that, that there is uh, a, a lot of uh, potential with having its own brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to get to that, but I'm I'm trying to be patient. And that's inter- one thing I just thought of, like, so, you know, the, the, the sort of tightrope between making the brand and then actually just going to do the work. Part of your brand is the way that you do the work, mm-hmm. I think. And I think people, mm-hmm. people, they see that, they, they feel it, right? They, they expect it. And then that, I mean, obviously you can have a logo, you can have all the right. things that come in right. the brand, but 
at the end of the day, it's 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 you, and it's it what is, you do. Yeah. And I think for people to see that and, and actually have an action formulates what is the, the the you know the final brand. So I think it's it's kind of funny because like, well, I have to just go do the work and like show people, show them what the brand is, not like yeah. like here it is on paper, you know. But and I, that that's kind of the I'm, that's I think your personality more so is like like people are this the way that they feel and the product that they see is the brand and they're going to figure this out, you know, and, and the more work I get to do and the more word of mouth that that spreads will, will yep. I think help to form that. So like actually getting the work done is your brand. I mean, I think that's like, like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm good. Let's start this up and Let's see what happens. Yeah. And that's how I create this. <laughs> right. Which I think is cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and I feel like, um, that, um, there this has just been such a a a strange year too like i i have had not a ton but i did find a really awesome he's an entrepreneur himself and he's just starting to do some business coaching and him and i have been working a little bit together and he was saying you know he's been has multiple businesses and been doing this for 10 plus years and he's like andy he's like you're a pretty personal guy you like to get out there and connect with people and he's like you've been starting and running this whole business in a pandemic. Like you can not meet people. You're not going to events. You're not like seeing a guy at a coffee shop. I mean, we're starting to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But so there's, there's a lot of that um, unpredictability that I'm also anxious to get to as a business owner. Exactly. To get to a place where um, I'm just, there's, there's a lot of uh, just interaction with, with people and going to events and things like that. So, yeah, definitely. I have to ask you this because um, I have, like I said, I have a little bit of a marketing background. Jim's had a little bit mm-hmm. of a marketing background. I think to some extent, it can suck the life out of mm. um, when you see things like out in the wild that you know are marketing. Uh, yes. Do you have that yet? Do where you see things that you are blatantly marketing and you know it, but maybe the average person who's not a marketer might not pick it up. Does it suck the life out of it for you, or do you just kind of like, kind of you you acknowledge it and like, kind of roll with get, it, get past it and go? <laughs> what what? Give me an example. What do you mean? So like, if you see, okay, you know, the average person might not realize like what a, a partnership is with like a celebrity, mm-hmm. and you know, I think we see it even let's say even with like influencers and things like that on social media where they might think, oh yeah, this person just really likes. XYZ clothing brand or XYZ, you know, makeup line or whatever it is. Do you see things like that? And like, does marketing wear you down at all? Is kind of what I guess I'm trying to ask. Like when you uh, see marketing out there. I, does marketing wear me down me all? Yes. And I think it, maybe it's a little bit different way for me. Um, I think when it comes to both, um, I mean, some people look at, PR marketing is different things. I kind of put them in one bucket. Um, but a lot of the people that do the work that I do only are on like the defense and like work for people that they're, you know, they've done something bad or something oh, yeah. like that. Or they, they have so to like, you have uh, to kind of, or right. they have to kind of like make and, it look better. Right. <laughs> and I've done a little bit of that. Um, but, but I am what I much in prefer to know. I think what my skill sets really genuinely in is being more of the promoter, right? Being more mm-hmm. on the offense. Yeah. And um, so I think that's where my my energy is is like finding something that people don't that I feel like don't know enough about mm-hmm. and and promoting it. 
So I think I look at it in a little different way of like, if if I have the autonomy and the luxury uh, to pick something that I am, I think it starts with I get to pick something that I'm genuinely passionate about. Okay. So if that's the case, then I don't, it doesn't suck energy me out to work really hard for them to play the game mm-hmm. to try to get them exposure. Yeah. yeah. You're right? excited so about it too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's, you know, if it's about, um, you know, to use an example, like, cause like I'm not working for McDonald's, like one of my clients is the Milwaukee public schools foundation. Mm-hmm. Well, th- these kids, get a bad rap every single 10 o'clock news, right? Right. And so, like, I'm willing to really go the whole nine yards to 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 help promote, like, their voices and their stories and, and, uh, and trying to get, you know, their stories told of what, of what they actually do in life and what they want to be. Sure. Um, so I feel like it's – that's why I've been – so stubborn i think in my life of choosing what i'm going to be promoting okay and then i don't feel so bad about yeah it. yeah <laughs> no doubt that's that's, a, that's i mean that's a, that's a good way to approach yeah. it i would think right you know it's, yeah. it helps you it, your passion can shine through with what they want to show off too which i think is important and, and if i it and not to be too self-aware or too bold but i feel like that's I hope is whatever brand I do have. Mm-hmm. I hope that's part of it that I feel like when it comes to either I'm like seeking, you know, partnerships with somebody or I'm promoting something. If I'm reaching out, they know that at least it's genuine, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Exactly. That I'm not just selling something. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that ties into, so Jim's uh, speaking mm-hmm. is based around being authentically yourself um, yeah. Oh, perfect. And so it kind of. <laughs> how, yeah. did, how did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was episode two. It was episode to, two. I forget. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I think that that really ties into mm-hmm. it, and, and that's awesome yeah, that you yeah. can you can do that. I've I've only... caught so many several vibes of what I speak on and what you've what you've said cool. today. So that's that's kind of why I was jumping in. Like I'm like oh, yes, I feel that. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Not totally, only yeah. in like the you know your outlook on things, but in mm-hmm. in the work that you do as well. So thank you so much for coming yeah, in to thank come you for and being do here. this. Yeah, um, totally. If they want to get in touch with you, if people want to find out more about what you're doing, uh, where's the best place to to get in touch with you? The best place is I'm at Milwaukee Andy on pretty much every social media outlet. Um, so you can just search that. And you should be able to find me. Awesome. Um, I'm like I already alluded to. I I put the pause button on developing a whole brand so there isn't an official website at this point mm-hmm, right. or separate social media uh but you can connect with me at milwaukee andy on any social media uh and um, connect with me that way and and then please do i'm always awesome. excited to connect with new people all right awesome. we'll definitely do that yeah and then you can also follow this podcast uh we are on twitter and instagram and you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts and it's yes. called it's called hustling sideways yes hustling sideways that's that's what it's called <laughs> um thank you so much andy for andy, coming thank in you. doing this yeah, thanks for having Jim, me. thank you for being here as well uh, alan thank you for being here in your own home we don't that, yeah we don't thank you each other enough yeah yeah, yeah thank you for for being a person that exists <laughs> thank you and thank you everybody for listening we will see you next time on hustling sideways keep on hustling